Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Traps, 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 People, welcome to the Brother and the Rose Podcast. Me, Adam Hunter. I am here with Shang. With me. We're gonna have a great show today. Uh, I took my daughter to the zoo yesterday. That was the most fun ever. Um, but she was like, well, you know, we said because all the, the the zoo is like empty. So the animals are like out. You get to actually see like the, the, the bear was out and the tiger was taking a bath. It was playing with a big huge ball. But my daughter was like, I want to see the dinosaurs. I want to see the dinosaurs. And, <laughs> I feel like saying, well, watch the debates. You'll see dinosaurs. But I didn't, like, what do I tell? Uh, I, it was hard explaining to a two-year-old that, well, they're extinct and they're, they're dead because I haven't, she doesn't know about death yet. That you, you know, she doesn't realize. So I was like, well, there are no more dinosaurs. And then she's like, no, I want to see dinosaurs. So and then she sees Barney. And now she thinks, like, what do I, Shane, what do I do? You have two kids. How do I explain I, to my kids? Yeah, no, when my son wanted to see it, I just explained to him that, just like when old, old, when you see how grandma got really old, the dinosaurs got really old, and they went off to a dinosaur home. And so, uh. and they're, but they're alive, so they're no longer, you can't go see them. And he's like, oh, okay, so do they, are they resting? Yes, because, you know, dinosaurs get old, and they need to rest. Oh, okay, well, then let's see the, they want, he wanted to see the, dra- the Komodo dragon, which uh, we yeah. were in Vegas. And I'm telling you right now, I was scared. They are intimidating. They're, they look like they, they do look like dinosaurs. So that's it. That's how you explain death to kids. Just tell them that like there's a heaven. When he was the... young, when he was really young, and yeah, as he got right. older, I flat out explained it to him. But I'm saying, why well, the closest thing to a dinosaur is a Komodo dragon? I don't know if anybody uh, that listen, Wayne, have you seen what Komodo dragons look like? Yeah. Miniature dinosaurs, and we went to see them, and. It came right up to the glass, and I was like, he's not even afraid. I'm like, I am frightened. No. <laughs> like, they can take you out, man. Well, their saliva will paralyze you. Their saliva paralyzes you, so they just eat you alive. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. You could easily, like, the bear thing, there wasn't even a fence. Like, there was a little, like, there was a gate you could easily hop over. Like, my daughter was like, hi, Mr. Bear. And she kept saying, my dog's name is Miles. Did you want to tell the bear that we have a dog, you know? Um, but, like, they need to have better security. Because it's going to be like, what was that, Harambe? What was that name of that, like, gorilla? Yeah. Harambe. I mean, Harambe. that's going to happen in, in L.A. Uh, right. And, and also, there was a, a tiger that got out and killed two people, a lion that got out and killed two people. Because they didn't realize when lions are hungry, they could jump a little farther than normal. <laughs> No, I'm serious. It jumped over. Two of the people tried to run. It mauled one person and just crunched on the other one. That really yeah, happened. People are idiots. You hear about that one lady who uh, had an emotional parakeet as her emotional pet? She went on an airplane with a parakeet saying it was her like emotional companion. The thing just like totally expanded. She got, they had to land the airplane because wow. the, the, 
the yeah, it was people are, are nuts. Anyway, uh, fighting. So Connor versus Poirier. They're saying the rematch is going to happen. Connor oh. said Connor said he signed the, the contract, but he ha- it has to happen in 2020, uh, which is great. I love it when fights happen sooner than that. Now, I think Poirier is going to win. I I, I, I think Poirier felt his power the first time. Obviously, he got knocked out. That was that was an unknown Conor McGregor. That was a younger, hungrier, more disciplined Conor McGregor. And I think if you look at rematches, the one rematch that Poirier had, which is against Eddie Alvarez, he won. Um, and the first fight was, I think, it was a, a weird first fight. I think it had an end. It's kind of a weird ending. Um, but uh, – I think Dustin's got this. I think he, Dustin stays in the gym. Connor does not. Uh, well, Connor, I think Connor's going to lose, but honestly, um, Connor's that, that left is just always dangerous. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. but, but aside from that, I think Poirier is a different Poirier. And people forget that. They never give people a chance to grow or have a different mindset. I'm telling you, Poirier is a whole different beast, and I think he's going to win. And I would, I'd, be, I'd, I'd be happy for him. I like Connor, but I'd really be happy for Poirier if he won. Me too. And by, by the way, because um, they said they were going to have a charity match, and uh, Connor, to his credit, which is pretty cool, I mean, as much as I give Connor a hard time because of the things he does, he supposedly, or he didn't supposedly, he gave a lot of money to people that, um, to, for yeah, Mexico. he did, yeah. For, for, for the pandemic, and he said he's going to donate 500 grand to Poirier's charity because I think Dustin has a kid that, that, that right. is sick or was sick, so he's going to – so that's pretty damn cool. Um, so good for Connor. Well, Poirier's a cool dude, and even – Not know, about Connor. Connor can't really talk smack to him or, you know, really yeah. get in his head. That's why I think that this time he can't get in his head. It's so much different stuff on the line, and I think that Connor's going to take an L. But yeah. – No, I'm sorry. So, Joe? Um, I think if this is a five-round fight, Poirier wins all day. Unless Connor knocks him out miraculously in the earlier rounds. But I think, you know, Poirier, he's been in, like, the craziest wars I've ever seen. This dude is a savage. I do worry about his brain damage for his future because he's been in some severely devastating fights. But he's just come so far since that first Connor fight. I think he's just going to completely outclass Connor McGregor on the feet all around. And then, Shane, what were you saying? No, I was saying the other thing is that I still don't think that Connor, even though I think Connor's takedown defense is better, um, it's better because he showed it with Khabib, but I just don't think that he's got the wrestling side of it down. Not yet. Yeah, but Dustin isn't, isn't a wrestler. Um, and, you know, the thing about Dustin, he is an emotional. Dustin, Dustin takes people down, though. Mm, when, have we, when have we seen that? Well, he's, yeah. more, he's more of a stand-up uh, striker. And then grappler. I mean, he grappler, obviously, right, right, right. Um, but he's not known for his wrestling because he. I don't think he even had like any kind of a wrestling background. Um, I know. I know he's a he's a black belt in thug jitsu under Eve Edwards, uh, which is which is pretty damn awesome. Now, also, uh, we talked about last week. So Mike Perry, uh, he got he got a tattoo of his girlfriend's name in in his in his lip, and he also is now auctioning off. Uh, you could be in his corner. Whoever gives the most money to him can work his corner along with his girlfriend for the next fight. Now, uh, I'm thinking about doing a kamikaze comedy and just doing stand-up comedy in between rounds to, uh, to Mike Perry. I mean, uh, how, like, how cool would that be? But Darren Till is supposedly in the lead, and they hate each other. Right, five grand. He put five grand up. But I heard, I heard it's 15, and I heard, I heard, I heard he's, he's going to throw in the towel as soon as the fight starts. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> 
<laughs> um, I don't even, I mean, I, I guess my Perry needs money. Like, what, what, what's going on here? Well, Perry's out of his mind. Wayne, you know Mike Perry's a little bit of a nutty buddy. Oh, yeah, he is, 100%. 100% nutty buddy. Yeah. But that's what makes him cool. I know that sounds crazy, but that's what makes him watchable, the fact he's a nutty buddy. I still am a purist when it comes to fighters respecting each other and, and, and just the warrior aspect of it. But he is funny to me, and he thinks he's black, and that's hilarious. He is black. He's, he's like 2% or something, right? Isn't he 2% black? Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. That, no, hey, it, see if that works when the cop pull you over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when the cop pull you over, if you're 2% black, we think they'll let you off or no? It's like, that 2% black. Well, I guess we're, yeah, um, we're going to only hit you 2% of the time. Oh, now, uh, Bellator, we talked about Bellator. They said they're moving to Thursdays, right? They tell everyone Thursday nights. So today was Thursday. So I go through my whole television to find CBS Sports. It's like number 320. I, I had to like look right now not only is it not on thursdays it's on saturday because it's from france i don't know why they told everyone it's thursdays this is what they do so bellator saturday mvp versus uh houston 8 30 in the morning it's on cbs sports right then uh then it goes to youtube uh for the prelims and then and then it goes back to uh like 6 45 in the afternoon it goes to congo versus johnson are they trying to not like, – like, I mean, do I have to keep – why don't they just put in, like, one of those codes where it says, like, guess the bridges? You know how, like, you have to – I mean, they're making it – I mean, I've had, like – I've, like, banged virgins, and, like, that's, that's been easier than, than, than this. Like, what are, what are we doing here? But what are we doing? Bellator's uh, business uh, model is just uh, sporadic at, at best. So, I mean, I think – but you know what? Obviously, they're still afloat, and people still want to see these fights. Yeah, I mean, but, like, don't, don't tell everyone it's Thursday, and then move back to Saturdays. Like, does it make any sense? Oh, my wife just came in, my heart. she heard me say I bang virgins. Like, these are jokes, okay? I've only banged a couple virgins in my life. Great, she's spraying me now. You just got the, on the computer. All right, so. Spraying you with uh, what? Uh, she sprayed me with some kind of water or something. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with her squirt, you fucking weirdo. All right. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, Wayne, I knew you'd go to the dark side. <laughs> He's ridiculous. Uh, Casey Kenny, who beat the shit out of that guy last week. I don't know if you watched that fight. He's fighting Nathaniel Wood, uh, who's a good fighter. He's the guy that was beating John Dodson, and Dodson stopped him, and it was a weird stoppage. Um, that should be a, a good fight. Uh, and then, um, yeah, I mean, there's not that much. As far as the uh, this week goes – who do you like, uh, Marlon Morass or um, uh, Corey Sanhagen? Shang. Corey. Why? I, Corey. Likeability. I like him. That's it. No, no, <laughs> no analyzing. Like some people, like some people I want to win. Like this past week, I like, I like Holly Holmes. I want her to win. That yeah, was yeah. it. She did. She looked great. No, I did. I agree. Yeah, I, I, was, I was happy with the fact that she used her boxing more, her jabs. Move forward. Her fucking lateral move was crazy. I was like, "Oh shit!" She's and she was piecing her up though. She yeah. looked great. She 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 looked great, but she always looks great against girls that she's supposed to look great against. And then and then when like we want her to step up, other than the Ronda Rousey fight, she just doesn't seem to be stepping up. I don't understand. You don't think I, so? No, she lost to Amanda Nunez. Well, I mean, Amanda I, Nunez is Amanda. That's a different monster. I mean, I'm not monster. She's a, she's a monster in a good way. She lost to Jermaine. I'm not gonna say monster like 
Trump said about Kamala. I'm gonna say monster like in the in, in the octagon, she's a monster. So uh, also in MMA news, Tony Ferguson, uh, he he was supposed to fight UFC 254. He said, "Fuck you, pay me." Uh, and now he's not picking up Dana White's texts, according to him, or his it's like phone calls, and he's not doing the JRE. I, man, I, I love Tony Ferguson, um, and they should pay him whatever he wants. Man, but this is not the way to do it. Fuck you, pay me. I mean, he's only fought, what, once in the last four years? I mean, he was wearing sunglasses and tripped inside. <laughs> like, I, 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 he I, is I, a name. No, no, he is a name. People do want to see him fight. He, he usually bloodies the fuck out of people. I mean, again, I saw some meme where they showed his last, everybody he fights looks like they ran into a truck. Yeah. Um, so I think that he's worthy of a certain amount of money because I know that I want to watch it just because it's him. Of course, of course. I would watch like I, you know, fight a cold because uh, yeah. it would be a fucking bloody mess. Yeah, it would just, it would, yeah, but that's why he, I think that it's justified. You get to a point where it's like, dude, I'm making UFC a lot of money. You can pay me a little bit more. And okay. I think that... But, like, but pick up the phone with Dana Calls. I mean, if Dana's calling oh, you... Oh, okay, yeah, that. But that's also a negotiating tactic. A lot of people, like, you know, were like, nah, well, fuck it, I'm not down. And they, he knows he's viable. And so sure. does the UFC. The UFC knows he's... He's one, I think, until that last fight, I think he was one of the best I've ever seen. He is. He is one of the best when he's on. Uh, even when he's not on, I mean, he is one of the best. And he's one of the most craziest. He's a guy that, like, he's never been in a boring fight. Ever. Never. I mean, he's never been in a boring right. fight. Right. Even when he's, he starts getting pieced up, it seems like that motivates him. And he's like, no, I'm going to keep going. Even the last fight, he was getting pieced up. And he's like, fuck it, let's go. And so he's exciting. Compared to a lot of other people, he's more exciting to watch. So it is worth the money. So now um, GSP said uh, he's undecided on the comeback. But he reveals conditions required to fight Khabib. GSP versus Khabib. He says he's retiring. He says uh, he's 39 years old. It's getting a little long the tooth. Um, I, I mean, he says, why step back in? But why not step back in? Will I regret? Blah, blah, blah. He says uh, Khabib's undefeated. Would I like to fight again? Sure. I, I'm, I'm down. And then he says, uh, yeah, he, he says he would have to do it. Uh, Khabib, he says, in order to come back, I'm in the mental state where I'm not sure. The stars have to be aligned perfectly. I kind of let go. I need to be back in a different world. All right. So basically, he's saying one of the bigs. So he he said he would fight Khabib. Uh, he's fighting at one fifty-five. So he he hasn't cut weight in a long time. Uh, he gets up to two hundred pounds. I don't know. Who do we think wins? I think that GSP might be the only guy to beat Khabib. If Khabib gets through Gaethje, which I think he will, that would be the fight to see. I think well, have it at one sixty-five because GSP shredded at one seventy. And Khabib looks like he probably gets up to about 180, 190. Remember, he was right. kind of chubby, sort of, but now he then came out like a 10-pack. That would be a great fight. That would be... I, 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 I won the fact that you're saying... I, I don't know. People are blowing off Gaethje, and I just... I've been watching some of the stuff on the different MMA uh, podcasts, and I just feel like they're underestimating Gaethje. I think Gaethje... Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying that he... I'm not blowing off Gaethje. It's not going to be easy. There's no okay. way. Yeah. I'm just saying I think he'll beat Gaethje. I look at, like, I just look at mistakes made, you know. Gaethje, as fun as he is and as great as he is, makes a lot of mistakes. But he's and more disciplined now. He, was, he took his time. For, for one fight. But maybe that's the like, new Gaethje. 
But that was against Tony Ferguson, who makes so many mistakes. It's kind of easy to be disciplined against him. Or to look oh, at nah, him. good point. Okay, good point, good point. Um, against Khabib, have we ever even seen Khabib make a mistake? Other than Michael Johnson, um, he, he kind of let himself in the, uh, get into that um, guillotine a little too long against, against Poirier, maybe. Um, but even that, he said he wasn't in trouble at all. I just think he, he beats Justin Gaethje. Uh, how does he beat him? I think he just – I'm saying fifth-round stoppage or fourth wow. late. Late. Really? late. Yeah, I think, he, I think he wears him out, takes him down, and by the fourth fifth round, he just kind of kabibs him. Uh, Joe, we know. <laughs> well, I, I kind of agree with you on that one. I don't know if he finishes Justin. I don't know if it goes through the decision. I don't know how the, how the hell the fight is going to play out. I'm sort of leaning to just Khabib dominating him on the ground, just like he does every opponent. But in regards to GSP, I don't think we should be talking about Khabib versus GSP until he gets through Justin Gaethje. I don't like that everybody's looking past Justin Gaethje in this fight. Yeah. And honestly, Khabib said he only has like two fights left that he wants to do. He wants to go 30-0 and then retire. So I got to ask myself, do I really want to see Khabib versus GSP for his last fight, that's like a, for a hardcore fan's fight. You know, everybody grew up watching uh, GSP. Everybody loves GSP. who's a hardcore fan. Or do people still want to see Khabib versus Tony Ferguson, which is I, I'm in the Tony Khabib camp. I want that to be Khabib's last fight. People have been wanting that fight for like 100 years, you know. So it's like, what would you guys rather prefer, uh, Khabib to go out versus uh, GSP or Khabib to end his career versus uh, Tony Ferguson? I want to see what Tony has left, to be honest. Like, if I would like to see Tony versus Michael Chandler if Tony runs through Michael Chandler absolutely but if Michael Chandler fucks up Tony Ferguson then we got to say okay it's not the same Tony Ferguson as two years ago yeah right but I I I see what Wayne is saying but I I really honestly I would love to see GSP and I think it's a bigger fight I would want to see that more oh yeah and Tony and I'm never gonna bet against GSP because he he came back after a long layoff and be the tough motherfucker. It wasn't like he just, they threw him in with somebody like, ah, it's just, just a warm-up fight. He, he fought somebody that could take his head off and beat him. So, um, you know, I, I, GSP is, is the man. I think, and, I, and he's one of the only ones I think that I agree with you, Adam. He could absolutely beat him. I, well, I just think he could jab him to death. I think he could jab him to death and frustrate him on the feet because I don't think could, could be, GSP is so hard to take down. I almost feel like they're wrestling – if there's one guy to have as good MMA wrestling as Khabib, I would almost say it's GSP because he just he just figures out a way. His timing is – everyone that fights him, going, I, I go, what happened? Uh, they're like, the timing. He just has timing. But 39 years old, right? So when it comes to fighting, everyone says speed is the first to go, power is the last to go. That's why Mike Tyson, if it's 53, we're still going to watch him, right? If speed is the first to go, which how many times have we seen – even let's say Roy Jones or Anderson Silva or certain guys, when they get a little older, all those little tricks that they used to do because they were faster than everybody, they can't do anymore. So is that going to happen to GSP? Because there are guys that if they have that one shot lights out power, uh, like a Dan Henderson or, you know, fucking Rumble Johnson, they can fight longer because they always could end the fight. GSP's never been a, a heavy, heavy hitter. He, I mean, he's knocked people down. He stopped people. But if you look at one-punch knockout, he really hasn't – I mean, Jay Haran is a guy that he knocked out. Um, but he doesn't really knock people out. 
He pieces so, you up. He definitely pieces you up. But yeah. his, like you said, his takedown defense is fucking bananas. Let's, I mean, and so is takedown. And I think that to be to deal with constant being constantly being jabbed and not being able to take him down is going to be a problem. Now let's talk about something really important. Uh, OnlyFans, right? So it, I, it seems like I'm, I'm looking up MMA fighting right now. A lot of female fighters are their own OnlyFans account. My friend Kira Batero, who I love, Kira. She had some kind of. She needs some kind of medicine. She got sick, and she said, "Hey, uh, she has a wish list." And I like Kira. She was in Ryzen. She was a combat right. champion. I think she's doing w, uh, wrestling now, some kind of pro wrestling. But she needs money, so I think she's showing like topless photos or something of herself on OnlyFans. Wow. Now, a part of me wanted to join it to help her, but I'm married, and my wife would probably wouldn't be cool with that. Uh, even yeah. send me the money, and then I'll even sign up for you. Even though half of you, even a good man. Even though she's a friend of mine, uh, you know, I'd like to support the cause. But So now, according to MMA Fighting, Rowdy Beck has an OnlyFans, which I can only imagine what's on that, although she controls it. I think she just shows topless. Jessica I has one, Claudia Gadella, Hannah Goldie, Brittany Palmer, Ariani, Barb Honchak, Katherine Leonard, and Cindy Dandois, who uh, all have OnlyFans. Um, I know I, I've heard on some of these forums that Cindy Dandois is a little bit uh, more risque than other people. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, look, they're making money. They're doing their thing. At the same time, I kind of wish that, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that, uh, you know, the fourth player on the Cavaliers has an OnlyFans account uh, or, <laughs> or somebody on the Lakers or I don't think you know, the shortstop on the Dodgers doesn't have the comics that got it and uh you know, you now, know really you know female comics are doing it yeah but they're hot and they they're not as strong as a stand-up but they, they're hot so they have it they make money off of it are, are they showing topless photos or they're showing my like you know g-string ass shots titties um my, my buddy who like my friend this guy billy a comic He's, there was an article he, he put, he made like $1,000 a month like posting his dick on there. I don't know anyone would want to see his dick, like if it was like on Fear Factor. Like, I mean, it's right. not like, he's not exactly, I mean, he makes women look like Brad Pitt, this guy. Uh, ah, so, motherfucker. <laughs> but I don't know, I mean, look, I guess it's the pandemic and, but I don't know. Uh, well, you know what, some people, you know, I, I like the fact that the female fighters are making money that way. You I do? Like yeah, I think it's like, fuck it. You know I still can fight, though. Like, it's like, yeah, I got nice titties, nice ass, and I still can fuck you up. So if you were a female fighter uh, in the UFC or whatever, uh, you'd put boob shots on OnlyFans for extra money? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. All right. And what, what, now, what about as a comic? As a male comic, some girl says, I'll give you 20 bucks for a dick pic. You would do it? No. $100. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, balls, dick, the whole nine. Uh, shaft, it get the no, but yeah, hundred bucks. No, I, I mean, I, I, I've been lucky enough to, you know, I'm not in that position. Right, so right. I don't, right. Yeah, I mean, because you know, we're road dogs. We go, we'll go do gigs and you know, make the money on the weekend. So, I'm, I'm, I'm good for now. And now, if if it gets worse, yeah, it's gonna be dick pic fucking fiesta. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for it, but. I mean, I make enough money stand up. Why do they even know it's your dick? Why, why, why wouldn't you just put someone else's? I, I would give someone some like huge black dick or something. And then, <laughs> because, it's, because Adam, they would go, Adam, I don't think this is your dick. <laughs> and I'd be like, we can't prove it. 
Yeah, that's true. And, but then they see Francis Ngannou's dick. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I bet you even his dick knocks people out. Jesus Christ. I mean. Oh, God. You know, he's yeah. a gigantor. I saw a picture of a friend of mine next to him. I didn't realize how, I knew he was big, but I didn't know he was that fucking big. Dude. Have you met him? Yeah, he came to my show, and I said I, I was making jokes about him. He's not a small man. He's, no, he, small he's, man. he's the biggest guy, but not only big, because I, I sit next to, like, Josh Barnett, and, like, yeah. some of these guys are big. Heath Herring, I thought, was the biggest guy, and which was crazy, because then you see Brock Lesnar, who made him look small. Um, but Ngannou was the biggest dude and the most jacked. Like, I, you know, like, Stipe came to my show with his brother, and I made fun of Stipe and his brother, and Ben Rothwell was there with his wife, and, like, they met on Farmers Only, and Ngannou was there, and I'm like, oh, you know, you're the fucking strongest Uber driver I've ever seen. Like, I was just fucking with him, and at the end, he, he came up to me, it's like, oh, you're so funny, he put me in the headlock, and, and to- asked me to come to a show with him. Um, and he was actually sitting next to Cindy Dandwa. But the thing was, is that he's, like, got to be 4% body fat, I mean, just oh, so he's big and yeah, both. yeah, you're like, you're like, holy shit. He looks like Kevin Hart. If like Kevin Hart became the Incredible Hulk, Kevin, <laughs> Hart is fucking, Kevin Hart's ripped. People don't realize Kevin Hart is ripped, is shredded, you know, and he's a great athlete. I used to play basketball late at night in New York. I first started doing comedy. Uh, they called me open mic. It would be me, Rich Voss, Robert Kelly, Kevin Hart, Patrice O'Neill. Uh, Colin Quinn, Jim Norton, at like five in the morning we would play, and I used to guard Kevin Hart. He would fuck everyone up in basketball. He was a, he's a really good athlete. People don't realize how good Kevin Hart is. He probably could have yeah. been like college. He was bigger. He could have played college. Yeah, but I mean, like when you Francis, I I haven't met him obviously, but I saw him next to someone and went, no. And then he said, yeah. He told me he said, yeah, man. He he really and he's in. He's the nicest guy, but he can, he looks intimidating. No, no, he is. It was funny because some of these guys also like, like they're like comedy. Uh, like when I first met Chuck Congo, I was like, I was like, hey man, nice to nice to meet you. And he and he said to me, he goes, I'm gay. And I go, uh, okay. And he goes, just kidding, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the joke. That's the joke. I suck dick. Wait, whoa, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just fucking with you. No, it's now it's in it's in the ether now. You're, yeah. yeah. So, once you say that, mm, from now on. Maybe I was like, all right, man, you're gay. Uh, a lot of good fights coming up though. Uh, we're waiting for uh, while we're waiting for Juan Archuleta, Brian Ortega versus Korean Zombie, August uh, October seventeenth. I like that. I hope the zombie wins. There's a lot of bad blood here, man. A lot of bad blood. Wait a minute. Yeah, I, but you, I like them both, but. Uh, I I don't know zombie. He has been he has been looking good, I guess. But I, I like the I like Brian. I like Brian. I want to I, like Brian's like I saw some documentaries on him and made me like him more, you know. And his his, his jujitsu is just you know. Oh, his jujitsu is insane. He doesn't insane. only do it. insane. Yes, it is. So I mean, it, I I can see the zombie piecing him up, but if he gets him. I don't know, man. I think he, he could. Play the play. zombie, though, like he's intimidating. Like his, like he knocked out Edgar. I mean, he he hits a lot harder than people think. He uh, and I, I think he could take him a lot more active. We got to see how 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 Ortega came back because everyone was like Ortega, 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 and then when he got fucked up by Holloway, we don't know. We don't know how people bounce back. It's not how good you are in the beginning. It's how good you are after you get your first loss. 
which is what makes GSP. I mean, Sean Shirk never came back. Remember, like, how good Sean Shirk was? Everyone, yeah. he was, like, the best. And then BJ Penn, like, took, like ate his blood, and we, we never actually saw him again. So, uh, I don't I think that's the case with Ortega. I think Ortega, because of his jiu-jitsu, I think he's going to be able to uh, come back and look good. Speaking of looking good, uh, someone who doesn't look good, Juan Archuleta is here. <laughs> yeah, what's up, man? Yeah, the Bellator <laughs> champion. The fucking champion of the yeah, world. Yeah, How are you, man? Good, good, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Sorry, I had some trouble logging in. Oh, it's all good. You're here with the comedian, Shang. There's uh, yeah. the belt. You got Ween Dog. How good does it feel nice. to have that belt, man? Oh, man. Dream come true. <laughs> Hard work paid off on the blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, let's talk about that fight because everybody always has a game plan. And I would say 98% of the times, they don't work out. Uh, the game plan, <laughs> like your game plan gets in, well, it, it intersects the other guy's game plan. And you, people, someone, either one person adjusts or done. Patrick was looking unbeatable. I mean, he was literally unbeatable. And you said, all right, I'm going to take him into later rounds, beat him in three, four, or five. And you kind of maybe lost the first two. But oh, destroyed yeah. him in the next three. I mean, you fucking did it to a T. Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. Yeah, man. It was like, uh, you know, uh, Cub Swanson put a lot of uh, good, positive energy in my head saying, you know, it's going to be like the Kron fight. He's going to come out and try to finish you right away. Just weather the storm, you know, just weather the storm, and you'll be able to pick him apart. He's like, this guy's young. He wants to prove himself. He wants to, uh, you know, claim he's un unbeatable, da-da-da. So – once he can't finish you in his best positions, if he gets you in there, just weather the storm, man. And uh, training with T.J. Dillashaw and Felipe Delmonica, constantly getting choked out with Brian Ortega and these guys just helping you remain calm. Uh, with, I mean, they're some of the best talent in the world. Uh, I had these guys constantly choking me out and putting me to sleep and stuff. And then, uh, you know, going into that fight, it was, it was nowhere near the same. Now, uh, I heard that, like, you don't want to get choked out and get put to sleep in practice. Uh, how many times did you get choked out in practice? A couple times. Fuck. I, I lost Ken. <laughs> I mean, being with all these, I, these monsters, you, I think that you being working with these killers made you go, okay, these killers are actually getting me ready to weather the storm. And, I mean, the plan of taking him into deep water was perfect. Because I thought, yeah. this dude's, like, young. He's going to throw his load out there. Pop, 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 pop. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, shit. What do I do? Where do I yeah. go? It's the yeah. third round. Oh, my God. That's what I thought. I was sitting there. My boy was like, oh, this dude's done. And I was like, damn, it actually is exactly. <laughs> you plan like an evil villain. Like, it worked out as I planned. <laughs> and it was great, man. Yeah. It's now, now, yeah. now yeah. We, had, we had Keith Lee on the podcast, Kevin Lee's brother. Keith yeah. Lee said he thought you could have finished him in the first round. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the first round. I think the second round where and I, when I reversed him uh, was definitely close. The referee was a little bit in my ear telling me, watch the back of the head. And at that point, it kind of psychologically fucks with your head. You're like, I'm not hitting them back of the head. I'm like picking my shots. It's so down from ground and pounding. And, uh, you know, I, I think it gave him a little bit of a chance for me uh, taking off uh, some of the edge on my punches or some of the strength on my punches. It just says, when someone says, hey, watch what you're doing on this, you're like, I'm not doing that, though. And you're like, oh, I know you're not doing it, but just watch out. It's like, then why the fuck would you say anything? Like, yeah. you know, like, hey, that was an illegal, that was almost an illegal kick. And I'm like, 
Yeah, but it wasn't a legal kick. It's a, it's illegal if it hits him in the head. I went to kick him in the body when he was on the ground. Like that's a legal kick. Yeah, but it was almost illegal, so I have to stop. Oh, like, fuck that. Almost. Before I didn't. Almost. Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That, that would have made me. That would have made me go. You know, as soon as I'm done with him, you next, motherfucker. Because it's like, come on, man. Come on. I one time I had a call that no, almost. I mean, Herzog is a great ref. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great ref, but it, sometimes it's like uh, over refing. Sometimes like uh, plays a toll on a fighter, you know, like because he was scared. He was scared when I threw that kick. It put him in a different mind state, and that was my advantage. Try to go and finish. When you give a guy a break to shake that out and be like, man, I almost just got kicked in my head. Like that was close. Like this dude's trying to fucking kill me. And then then you get a chance to get your wits about and be like, okay, now I'm a now I got to turn it up a little bit. Like that possibly could have been an ending, uh, a fight ending sequence there, you know. Yeah, but almost, who cares? I almost had a girl that had a dick. She's had a huge clit. Who cares? Almost doesn't count, right? So it's either it does or, or, or it doesn't. I, I watched, I watched yeah. all the highlights, but this is before Champ. I watched all the highlights. The fact yeah. that, I like the fact that once you get somebody against the gate, it's just a wrap. You just really do not. It's like, no, you're not going to breathe. No, I'm going to fucking get you to the body. You're going to go. You're going to stretch it. As soon as you lean down to cringe down, got you to the, it's like you, you you mix it up. And I think the mix it up is what really, really is what I was impressed by. Like, damn, he really mixed it. Some people don't. Some people just throw one yeah. shot, one shot, one shot, and that's, that's it. But you mix it up. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's constantly getting my ass beat by my brothers. My, uh, you know, I got four old beat my ass constantly, so I had to get my lickings in when I had to when I had the chance, you know. <laughs> so it's like that relentlessness of get, always growing up, getting your ass kicked, and then you got to get yours when you can. <laughs> now, what I like about you, man, is like you're a guy that and I don't mean to insult you because I don't want to come wrong way, but you were born oh, yeah, no with like the most incredible talent in the world. Like you had to work your ass off, even wrestling wise. Like you made it yeah. to states, but you didn't play yeah. in states. And then in Purdue, you what, did you walk on to Purdue? Like, I mean, you wrestled for Purdue, but you weren't this like chosen one. And, and yeah. then you are in MMA, and you were given nothing. You you went to King of the Cage. Yeah. You went to fucking promotion, promotion, promotion. Yeah, that is promotion. Challenge, yeah. And they give you like six fucking studs in Bellator. <laughs> you, you nothing came easy with you, man. So yeah. I, I give you yeah. so props for that, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's thing people don't see you hurry up and see the finish line and see like oh well he got the title like how come I can't have that opportunity it's like hold on motherfucker like I didn't I took anyone that wanted to fight me that's who I fought like I didn't get the opportunity to pick and choose who I wanted to fight like hey you want to fight cool let's fucking do it like you know same thing with wrestling like you know I actually did place the states but I was always in the semis never winning the 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 championship uh matches you know to to make me uh, be a state champ or, you know, round away from qualifying or placing at NCAA to become an All-American, but never getting over that hump. And, uh, you know, when I started fighting, it was like, okay, like, when I got my first title, it made me self-believe in my, like, oh, I can win titles. It's just a matter of putting hard work in and, and going after it, not, and, and just performing, not worrying about winning or losing, you know? It's just like, go out there and fucking lay it all out on the line. Uh, I love that. Jake Ellenberger, by the way, says that you're the hardest – you and Aaron Pico are the two hardest working guys he's ever trained with. And here's a guy that trained at Kings. He trained over at uh, the Hendo, uh, Hendo's gym. I mean, he trained over at well, the one in Oregon. He said you and Pico are the two hardest working guys he's ever trained with. 
Yeah, man. I, I mean, I met Jake, and uh, he actually influenced me a lot growing up uh, in the sport in the beginning. He And he's the one that told me to calm things down, like, don't look ahead. Like, just look at what's in front of you, and don't try to say, like, oh, I need to hurry up and get into the UFC. He said, take your time. Like, grow in the sport. Uh, get your get your get your lessons on, on these lower level scenes that way you don't pay for it in, in, in the big big shows and so you know just him being influential in my life I've been blessed with him and a super smart guy you know uh, as far as business and, and and fighter he's he's helped me tremendously so big props to Jake so he helped you like pace yourself to get to where you're at now like instead of like I want to get I want to go I don't want to go he's like hey man chill you got it yeah you got it and Boom, look at you now. With your yeah. big ass belt right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, man. Now, I don't want to bring up TJ Dillashaw's drug use, okay? But okay. He, 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 he is your training partner. And I always yeah. thought TJ Dillashaw was the man in college. Like, yeah. I was shocked when he got popped for steroids because I'm like, what does he need steroids for? He's, he's already that good. Did you yeah. sit him down and be like, bro, you don't need this? Was it like, a, did you sit him down and have an intervention for him? Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was actually EPO, so it was more like of a uh, – he was getting anemic throughout the weight cut. And uh, instead of turning to us and some of the people that are a little more knowledgeable on the weight cut, uh, you know, he, he just turned to a, a route that he thought he could manage, which was uh, taking an anemic medication, which we said, hey, man, like, <laughs> at the end when we found out what it was, it was like, man, like, you didn't need that stuff. You, we could have dealt without – without it you know could have adjusted some things just have more belief in us you know just uh i know like as me as a fighter and uh you know biggest fight coming up you want to have everything lined out perfectly and uh you know there's some things that you don't want to tell your coaches like you know hey i'm not feeling good today maybe i shouldn't train uh and you train anyway and you put yourself in a deeper deprivation i think that's kind of like the similar thing he took um uh took route of like well i want to power through these workouts so i'm going to take this stuff to kind of balance me back out uh, hormonally and uh, you know just uh, lack of iron and, and deficient uh, you know feeling anemic's not 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 the best feeling going into a training camp or going into a training session so oh, you so know he just doing it for he wasn't doing it for a strength he was only because so he, he was having a lack of iron because he was getting on the 125 because he's an idiot I don't know why he did that but okay yeah. so yeah he had lack of iron so he was taking something to get the iron back in his body yeah, just to kind of feel normal, you know. I mean, there's times I go to practice sometimes feeling lightheaded when I'm fighting down at 135, and you're just like, oh, man, like, you got to take a deep breath, and, you know, you communicate with your coaches, even like this one. Like, we had to make some adjustments throughout the fight camp uh, uh, nutrition-wise, um, you know, switching carbs out, switching fats out, uh, just because of those feelings, those those roller coaster feelings when you're training, because you're pulling your heart out on these training camps, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, that's just something he did, and so now he's aware of it and uh, – you know, well, you know he he doing that? that? If he, if he would have just said what you just said, everyone would have been like, "Oh, I understand." Like that—that's that—that yeah, makes but, but more. Power, Adam, he was trying to power through it, and he didn't. Yeah. Instead of turning to the the motherfuckers that are down for you, sometimes you go, yeah. no, "I got this," and I'm going to power through it by taking it. Exactly. So that was where I think it's he went left. You know, that makes yeah. way, that makes way more sense though. Like what he just yeah. said was that like that actually makes now I feel bad for the ten thousand jokes I made. Uh, no, yeah, we're killing him. It, 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 it's it's part of the process, you know, and he knows it, and he he doesn't take it personal. And, and MMA, you can't take shit personal, you know. I, I was told that from day one. Don't take shit personal in MMA. <laughs> You're like, all right. So now, have you noticed the fans because they kind of jumped? They were with you when you were knocking everyone out, and then all of a sudden you had a the Corrales fight, 
It was yeah. a fight of like two guys that wanted it too much. I felt like you guys were kind of yeah. forced to fight that never happened. Sometimes, sometimes that just happens. You get bad matchups. Yeah, fans like kind of abandoned you a little bit, and now they're all back with you. Yeah, is that kind of how it's going? <laughs> yeah, that's the roller coaster ride. You know, it's like no one understands the the, the pressure that of coming off a loss, especially after a world title loss or a big tournament loss like Corrales did. Like I hit him as hard as I could. And he budged a little bit, but it wasn't – I didn't knock his ass down. Same thing with him. He hit me as hard as he could, and I was there giving it back to him. So it's like you got to understand, and that's what Pitbull made me understand. At that moment, you got to realize no one's going to knock each other the fuck out in this fight. So now you got to be smart. It's not, I'm not going to play rock and sock and boppers with this fucking guy that could take hits and give them back. And so I made the smarter play on, okay, I'm going to win the fight. Like, you could do whatever you want, but I'm going to win this fight. That way it puts me in which what it did in title contention for my next fight and winning a world title. And it made me a smarter fighter. Like, you could be the dumb fighter all you want and say, oh, he ran. I tried to track him down. Like, I fucking landed clean on you. You didn't move. You landed clean on me. I didn't move. What? You know, I'm not going to try to chop down and keep chopping down a, a fucking uh, oak tree that don't fucking move, you know? So <laughs> yeah, it's like, right. yeah, there's still a fight that needs to be won. And, uh, and, and there's still a fight that needs to be had after this fight. So either take years off my life and not become a world champ or just say, fuck it, let's go all out, get paid, not that good money and, and have a, 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 a blowout fight with this guy. And uh, that doesn't mean anything, you know, it, or I could win this fight that puts me in title contention. So, so you can run his mouth to... and say anything he wants. At the end of the day, I won, you know. Who do you, so who do you want to fight? Who do you want to fight next? Um, the, the person that I originally wanted to fight, and I think that's what's going to be lined up in December, is uh, Sergio Pettis. Wow. I think that makes a great fight, you know. I, and that's the original fight I wanted for the title. It's like, look, at, this is a fan favorite matchup. It's, it's a Sergio Pettis, the household name. Uh, it's me becoming a household name and uh, uh both of us putting it on the line but they put patchy mix with in front of me which i couldn't complain about because he was on a 24 fight win streak uh counting amateur choked out fucking four guys right away and it was just like all right you know this is gonna be a good good matchup but i know i could wear him out and then uh you know did what i i, I expected myself to do and now this is a very nerve-wracking fight for me coming up because uh sergio beat a lot of my friends and uh, a lot of training partners so it, it makes for an interesting Interesting fight. That's a great fight. Who do you think wins, uh, Caldwell or uh, AJ McGee? Man, that's a coin toss right there. Both of them are great grapplers. Um, you know, AJ as a as a young kid uh, or young adult, uh, very knowledgeable about already in the sport. You know, he grew up with fighting. Uh, you know, uh, Caldwell not so much. He still has that wrestling mentality. Uh, you know, pick and choose when he wants to explode, but. A finisher, man. If he doesn't finish it in the first round, I think AJ takes it away. Yeah, that's uh, Ga Gaethje or uh, Khabib. Fuck, dude. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Gaethje <laughs> on that one. Gaethje. I think, uh, yeah, I think Khabib's gonna fight very emotional, and uh, I think Gaethje, the way he switched his style up after losing to Poirier, he's a different fucking beast in there, man. All right, all right. There uh, we go. Adam. Yeah, but you're saying, yeah, but you, but you, but you pick Khabib though. No, I think I, I did not. I never oh, he picked Gaethje. Gaethje's right. okay. okay. on a different level right now, man. And, and yeah. uh, having Trevor Whitman uh, as his coach, I've I've seen the 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 talent level and the knowledge he has. I mean, firsthand, he's a very cerebral. He's like Professor X <laughs> of MMA. Now, by the way, is Dwayne Ludwig still with you guys? Yeah, yeah, he he's uh, in Colorado. Obviously, through the pandemic, we couldn't travel as much. Um, so we're gonna be going back out there and and getting some training in with them. 
Oh, good. I love that guy. Um, yeah, he's the uh, best. He's great. Now, who do you think wins a fight that got signed today? Poirier versus Connor, too. Oh, that got signed? Uh, allegedly. <laughs> oh, no, no, yeah, I heard it got signed. I, I'm I'm done counting out Connor and Israel, dude. I have to go with those guys all the time now. I I, I counted them out every time, and, and every Are time they they proved me wrong. I was like, oh yeah, he's gonna lose this fight, and then fucking he get he gets the win. I'm like, fuck, man. And same thing with Israel. It's like, man, I'm 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 done counting that guy out. He's he's the real deal. <laughs> all right. Wow. Oh, see, I didn't think he'd go that direction, but you're like, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like, damn, he's gonna lose. Oh, fuck, he won. That's, yeah, what, right? that's what happened. Done, yeah. There was just a perfect storm, like uh, like Floyd Mayweather. Like, everyone yeah. wants to see them lose. They they hype up their opponent. You're like, hell yeah, this guy got to. He's going to beat him. Canelo's going to knock his ass out. He outclasses him. You're like, Fuck. Every time. It's, I always watch those yeah. stupid, like, countdown specials. I always, I always have it right, but I watch the special, and then I choose the other guy based on the stupid. <laughs> yeah. And then I, <laughs> they I, hype I, you I, up. You're like, hell yeah. This I lost money up. on the fight with Floyd. I thought Canelo was going to beat him. I thought because he's bigger, he was younger. He was 15 years younger, and I'm yeah. and he's like a horse. And I watched the fight, and I was sitting there. My brother, uh, who I had to pay fucking 200 bucks, that bitch, and 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 literally Floyd just was acting like, yeah, this is you're like sparring somebody, bro. Yeah. He made him, he yeah. made him look like he wasn't as good as he was. Totally. Yeah, man. I uh, stopped counting out um uh, Floyd when he beat uh, uh Miguel Cotto. Because he was my one of my favorite fighters, and I was like, "Man, I'm done counting out Floyd." Yeah, it was <laughs> old, uh, now yeah. Ortega versus the Korean Zombie. I'm going with Ortega. I've been training with him. He feels great. Uh, he was ready to go in the beginning until uh, you know, fucking training partner uh, messed up, mess, mess, messed him up a little bit, and he had to he had to pull out the fight. But he was on track to win that fight uh, at that time, you know. And uh, right now, he has more confidence in himself than he's ever had, and uh, got a great team around him. I think he gets it done early. So he left his other camp for you guys? Um, he's still training with Henner uh, a lot. Uh, Henner's the best. Henner's one of the uh, – he's so knowledgeable about jiu-jitsu, man. And um, he helped me out in my fight, you know, to, to relax, stay calm. And, you know, his knowledge that he passed down Brian, that Brian passed down to me. I mean, that's what really – if you look at my fight, my last fight, the, the reason why I was so calm in there and, like, it was Brian. Usually I'm, a, I'm like a nervous wreck. I want to hurry up and get out. But Brian's like, look at control a hand, stay calm, let him make the mistakes. And when he does, you, you get out. And sure enough, dude, I just hear his voice, like, remain calm. Like, you're going to wow. get out. He's going to make the mistake. And he did, you know? And so his knowledge that he has in jiu-jitsu is by far some of the best. And now doing wrestling and stand-up, he was actually working out with Cub Swanson, uh, believe it or not, um, uh, throughout some of this camp as well. So, you know, Cub and him got to bounce off ideas off of each other and him working with, with uh, TJ as well. So we just have a great group of guys, you know, right now that it, that's a, a really elite training center for us. Now, I heard that um, – what's his name? The kid from Portland, Oregon, came and just beat the shit out of all you guys. Uh, what's that name? <laughs> uh, Sunshine, Chris Lucini. Yeah, yeah, I heard Chris Sunshine fucked all you guys up. Is this is it true or – no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Chris, Chris left a little early because he had to go take care of himself after, after okay, the training. Okay, because he said he just no, but, uh, was laid out. Like, he yeah, came yeah. in and, and all you guys – so. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's one of those, like, the Loch Ness is some shit you heard. He didn't, he didn't actually yeah. – he, he, he said he got a lot yeah, better. No, right. no but, yeah. you know, what's cool, man, honestly, I think that – the fact that you said that you you heard them in your head and it centered you and it centered yeah. you, calmed you. I think that I see some fighters when they get ahead. Of, like honestly, the the Stylebender fight. I really think that 
he basically took his heart before the fight even started, but he also was calm about it. He never, you never seen, Stylebender never got too crazy. And I think yeah. that fighters that do that, that's, that's when you get, you know that you got them. So yeah. uh, another Bellator fight I can't wait for, Lima versus Musasi. Who wins that yeah. one? Fuck, dude. I, I think Diego's on a whole different level right now. You know, I think Musasi's, he's kind of like, like Kermit the Frog, dude. Like, you never know what you're going to get with him, dude. He's just so <laughs> laid back, no emotion, just like, uh, none of my business, though. Like, that's his type of yeah. feeling, you know? So, Lima's just a fucking killer, dude. That guy, he's there to rip someone's head off no matter what. Whoever you put in front of him, he's calm, he's cool, he's collective, and then when he goes, he goes. So, I think Lima, you know, is a lot more versatile than Musasi. I think he tried, uh, Musasi's going to try to play it a little too uh, cautious, and Lima's just going to go in there on the attack mode, just ready to be a two-time world champ, a two-division world champ. I'm sorry. Now, you were on the show Kingdom. Are they, are they bringing that back? I hope so, man. We, I, I mean, it was a great show, and I think there's a lot more story of MMA we could tell besides the, uh, old, um, the old dogs. You know, I think there's a new era that needs to be told in MMA. Uh, because uh, the kingdom, the show Kingdom was a lot about when MMA first started, or when you're in the lower lower scenes, the like the the regional promotions. Like, right. That's the type of that that's the type of story that was being told uh, at that time. Now it's about you know the struggles of the big time, the big shows, and things like that. So I think people want to see it. I think it, it, it surprised people on the storytelling because it were, and people could relate because it was real fucking MMA life life stories like. Joe, well, Netflix, Joe Daddy had a lot of on Netflix. I mean, Netflix, because it was on DirecTV, and I was like, why are they burying this? And now Netflix, yeah. everyone's talking about it. Did you? Yeah. Know, have you gotten a lot more fans since, since then? Yeah, uh, definitely a lot more fans and a lot more people like, oh, shit, I didn't even realize you were on that show. I was like, well, fuck, I've been posting about it on my Instagram since the beginning, you know? But uh, I think it's just a show that uh, it was doing really well overseas because it was on uh, DirecTV's audience network. So it was as big as it was as it is on Netflix, uh, but not in the U.S. Because U.S., you know, everyone's like, what the fuck is the audience network? But, uh, you know, it's just a free channel that comes on DirecTV. But it was like a pay-per-view, on, and they got the free channel on other countries. And so when it hit Netflix, people were like, oh, shit, this is a dope-ass show. Right. But, um, you know, so originally we were trying, uh, the, 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 the higher-ups of the show were trying to get it on a bigger network. They were trying to yeah. sell the rights. But they didn't want to sell the foreign rights in the beginning. Uh, when, when the when the last season ended, they're like, "We're not selling the foreign rights." They're like, come on, man, this is a big fucking hit. Like, let us let us evolve, let us get get bigger. And and they didn't want to sell the foreign rights, so they're like, "Fine, fuck it, we, we're gonna stop the show." So now that it got to Netflix, uh, I think there's hopefully a comeback, or there's gonna be a knockoff, or you know something that could tell the story. Yeah. I think uh, having the younger story. fighters and some of the guys that are coming up to see their story, but I mean. I watched, I, I been watched it the entire yeah. season because it was like I would watch and go, oh, fuck, I can't go to sleep now. I got to watch the rest of it. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know what's crazy? Yeah, it's like uh, as the show was progressing, it had a little bit of reality of, of, of what I was dealing with uh, going through King of the Cage, you know, fighting, fighting some teammates and uh, making this the, the decision when Lisa was like, you know, we don't, we got offers from Bellator and UFC. Like, we don't know what we're going to yet. Like, that's the position I was in. Like, so we were storytelling my story 
as Ryan Wheeler, as it was progressing, you know, I was a wrestling, uh, I had the wrestling background. I, I came out of jail. I was uh, started fighting, started taking shit serious, started progressing and moving up. And so it was cool to see my story being told and hey, unfolded in, in real life. Yeah. Uh, when I was at, at Purdue, I became ineligible and, uh, and, um, you know, I just turned into a shithead. I was at the bar drinking, uh, beating people up, pocket checking them and, you know, just doing fucked up things, you know, uh, as a young adolescent, you know, you're just mad at the world because, you know, you became ineligible. You're ranked number two in the country at NCAAs. You don't get to wrestle your second half of, of school. And so uh, I just became a shithead, you know, and ended up spending a year in jail over some dumb shit. And then uh, wow. it came in out. Indiana? In Indiana, yeah. <laughs> Were you in the same jail as uh, Tyson? Yeah, it was actually uh, when I went to uh, – once I got out of county, I spent eight months in county. Then I spent eight months in actual prison. I went to where, where Tyson was held in Indianapolis. And, uh, you know, he they had, like, a whole workout facility there. Uh, you know, I was in his cell. They were like, oh, this is Tyson's cell. And I was like, oh, shit, you know, had my iron mic inscribed on the oh in, in the wall. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, this is real. So, how many uh, How many yeah. jail fights uh, did, you, did you get in? Um, you know, we, we actually, it, it wasn't, I only, I got a one real one, uh, when I was in the County, when I uh, went back from, cause for the first four months I was in like a holding tank and, uh, in that holding tank, uh, cause the jail was overpopulated. They couldn't put me back in population. So four months of like basically solitary confinement just fucking made me stir crazy, you know? And then I finally get back in population and, uh, some guy turns to like, come and punk me and was like hey these are the trays i want I'm like motherfucker you didn't get any of my trays like you know like it's real type stuff and that you see in movies you're like there's no way and so you know you can't bitch out so you're like all right if you want these trays come get it motherfucker so he came up in the room we got in the scrap and uh you know after that the cops came in and they were like hey man like um uh what happened you tell him what happened like hey this guy's in my cell he tried to fuck me up so i beat his ass choked them out you know so you're just like no no right. back then you were mostly just a wrestler did you just take yeah. him down and ground and pound well, the best thing about it was he came towards me and tried to tackle me and so i was like fuck all right so i front headlocked him and choked his ass out i was like cool and I just choked him out put him to sleep and he was just like convulsing you're like oh fuck and i just started hitting him bah, bah. and then uh but after that a lot of people were like gained respect they're like hey man like that guy was a problem. He was always running his mouth, da da da. And so, you know, people like respect you after that. And then they're like, and then they uh, during lockdowns, uh, some of the lockdowns, we would wrap our hands with the sheets and we would play fight in, inside ourselves. You know, like lift water bags and things like that, and just little exercises to keep your mind off uh, in past time. You know, that's what. Wait, wait. So the guys, the guys on the floor convulsing, and you're hitting him to wake him up, or just to beat him up again. Just beat him up, dude, because he's he's gonna wake up, and then he woke up and tried to tackle me again. But he was already convulsing. What? It's jail, dude. It ain't cage fighting at that point. This is yeah, life yeah. or death. Yeah, wow. this one's different. This is the type. Of, yeah, there's no referee trying to pull you off in that one. You're just two dudes locked in a cell because he shut the door behind them. So if I would have let him back up, like the dude was six one and about like 180 pounds. So you know he was like skinny and scrawny, but he was kind of big. So. I was yeah. fucking nervous, dude. I was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> this dude's about to... I'm about so to you went to jail out. for beating up townies in Indiana? Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I ended up going to jail because there was a party going on. And uh, I took this guy's bicycle <laughs> and rode it home that night. And the guy was like, what the fuck? And, like, my it was one of my buddy's friend's house. And he was like, hey, dude, like, 
he took the, that dude's bike. I was like, yeah, I fucking, you didn't want to bring me home, dude. He's like, I'll bring it back to him. I was like, yeah, I'll bring it back. I don't give a fuck. So I give it back to him. And he's freaking out on me like, who the fuck are you? Why'd you take my bike? I was like, dude, chill out. You're lucky I brought it back, dude. You're lucky I didn't throw this thing over the river. And then he, he tried to get all crazy. I was like, whatever, dude, here's your fucking bike. He's like, well, I made a police report. I was like, whatever, I don't give a shit. So then the police called me. They're like, hey, man, I need you to write a statement. I was like, all right. So I wrote a statement saying this guy had an underage drinking party here. I didn't feel like being here anymore. I was just making shit up, you know, like <laughs> just trying to make myself look good. Yeah. But then the uh, but then the cop was like, all right, man, I'm not going to arrest you. I don't see no point on arresting you. I'll just file this in. Well, the guy went and pressed charges on me. And, like, he was like, I didn't know this guy. He didn't have no right being in my house. Like, he, burgl he burglarized my house. And so oh at this point, gosh. dude, yeah, at this point, like, our, our athletic um, our athletic department was taking a lot of heat because our running back got caught selling bath salts. Our, uh, one of the basketball players punched some girl in the face and broke her orbital. And, uh, and then one of my teammates got in a fight with, like, four cops. <laughs> and they all got slaps on the wrist, you know? And then here I come, just a guy fucking taking a bike out of a dude's apartment, get hit with burglary, and, you know, I was no longer on the on the wrestling team anymore. So, you know, just got... got, got you got, got, in jail for stealing a bike? That's yeah, fucking... For stealing that, a bike. That's, like, the worst... I know. Holy but, shit. But, dude, I mean, I... I, I uh, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't just stealing the bike for me. It was more like I wasn't being the right person I should have been, you know, at that time. I was, like, blaming the world for shit that was going on, you know. And, and it was experience, a life experience yeah, that still, for, man, for sure it was a year I couldn't take back in my life. But it's a year of uh, of uh, education I never would have had or would have been able to put myself in the mindset. Like, every day going out into a fight or training, I always put myself back in that jail cell. Like, man, I never got to see a tree in eight to nine months before I went to court and actually got sentenced. Like I never got to smell fresh air. I never got to be in a car. Like all this was taken away from me. So I, I feel like it was just meant to be. It was like part of my journey for some reason, you but know? You think it's because I, also you're Mexican in Indiana. I mean, if I point the finger at that, I, I could definitely do that, but I'm not that type of person. Like, you know, I find the good in every situation, no matter what. Of course, I could say, like, oh, fucking prejudice, fucking middle we Midwest type of stuff. But at the yeah. same time, everyone was getting trouble. I seen uh, white guys in there that were in jail for the same thing as black guys were. I was in jail for the same people, for the same thing. I just, when you're not, when, when you're not causing, um, when you're not doing, when you're living life by the rules, you don't have to sweat things, you know? Like, when I get pulled over by a cop, I don't have to sweat it. I'm like, yeah, he, you know why I pulled you over? Yeah, I was fucking speeding. I'm late to practice. Yeah, you know? No, do, you, do you have a warrant? I don't think so, but if you check, let me know, you know? And he's like, all right, well, I'll be back. And he's like, hey, now you're good. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, And then I just tell him, like, hey, I was on probation. Like, I'm honest with them. And, I, and you know, if I'm there and being like, hey, fuck you. Like, why did you pull me over? Like, <laughs> of course, they're going to be like, hey, fucking get out of the car right now. I'm going to fuck you up. You're like, all right. right. I'm not saying in my case that you know not everyone's like that um sure like possibly it could have happened but it was because of my own wrongdoing I, I could openly admit that it was my own wrongdoing i shouldn't have been a piece of shit for the year uh, half a year that i was and uh going to bars and getting drunk i put myself in that situation you know i think, I think it really now now to look at you and look what you went through now you have a belt you got more people around you got, that keeps you uh, uh, where you need to be, and you changed up. Like, end of the yeah. day, so man, that's why the yeah, Kingdom, that is your story, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, when you watch it, that's your story, but it's even better because now you're in real life. You real got, life. Real yeah. shit. Right? 
Exactly. Yeah, and that's You're what was cool like, about my uh, my probation officer, right? At first, he comes in. He's a super hard ass. Like, hey, man, like, you got to make sure you're on top of your shit. Da, da, da. I'm like, okay, okay, man. Like, I agree. I'll check in every – I because I, I, at one point, I had to check in every, every week. Like, this guy had to come by my house, check everything. And then at one point, like, three weeks in, he was like, dude, I don't even know why I have to check in on you. He's like, let's switch it to once every three months. He's like, if you ever get in trouble, just let me know. I'm like, all right, I will, man. And then I was like, hey, I'm going to start fighting. Like, uh, I might have to travel out of state. Like, I was honest with him. He's like, I don't want to hear it. I didn't know about it. Da-da-da. I'm like, fuck, cool. <laughs> uh, he's like, just don't get in trouble, you know? Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> yeah, champ, man. I think, that yeah. that, like, a lot of times when I hear this, I go, yeah, man, obviously you switched up something in your brain and said, fuck it, I'm on it now. Like, yeah. It, I, like I said, it needed to be. It was part of the journey. Yeah. I, I, I can I, sit there and complain and say, hey, man, I was fucked. That, that was fucked up. I lost everything. But sometimes losing everything and starting over is the best way to start over, you know? Yeah. Well, you need to lose some of these suits that you're wearing. Cause I'm looking at your Instagram, and uh, man, no I'm kidding. Now, um, now you also have a really cute five-year-old who uh, you you already got him wrestling. Yeah, man, he's the, he's like a little miniature me. He wants to fight already. He wants to be a big boy. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, he's a little blanky boy. So there's a little bit, a little still a baby in him, and I want to keep that for him. So, but yeah, he, they're uh, both of my boys wrestle. My daughter. She gives, she's a, she's the middle child, so she's in there scrapping with her brothers and stuff, and she's a trooper. She's, she's tougher than both of them, you know. She just went through some extensive surgery, um, so you know she's, she's definitely my hero, my, and someone I look up to because she cool. just, it's no sweat for her, you know. And your wife is smoking hot, by the way. Uh, <laughs> right on, thanks, dude. I just want to let yeah. you know. And then oh, I, see yeah. you, uh, I see you hanging out with Kelly Ripa. Yeah, I'm actually going to be doing a uh, getting on the show here. I think next week or this week sometime. Uh, you know, re- reviving with her, her husband Mark Consuelos, an awesome dude, dude. Uh, um, yeah, he was on the show. Got to meet him, talk to him. He educated me so much on on a business and you know, in business mind state. And you know, he's uh, you know what it's like to be a minority and 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 not point fingers or take blame. Just take advantage of every situation you have. And you're like, all right, man. Like, thank you. And then his son. Uh, Joaquin Consuelos, he, he, he wrestles, he studies, been over at my house a few times training with me and super humble family, you know, uh, they're awesome. I love it. I love it. So where can people find you and follow you? Uh, JRHMMA on Twitter and, and Instagram. They hit me up. I'm going to get ready to start opening up the YouTube channel, do more revenues now of uh, streaming the day in the life of like before, you know, you just another fighter, but now you're a world champ. Now people really want to, you know, now I'm a, I was a world champ before I had eight titles before this. Every promotion I fought for besides World Series of Fighting, I won a title for. And now winning a, a title uh, with a, a huge backing, like a Viacom backing, uh, you know, now I have some, some really good clout and reason to start a, start, a, start a YouTube channel and get people interested, you know? I, I think that's it. a great idea. I, I, I'll definitely yeah. subscribe. I think that the bottom line is your story – is more interesting than uh, like half of the guys out there, and the fact that yeah. you went through it and now you got a fucking belt, like yeah. it's like yeah, that's some shit right here. Like there's a lot of people that didn't deal with half the shit you did. Yeah, and, you know what I'm saying. So yeah. well, you know what's cool too is like being in jail. You realize like everyone's human, right? Like you get these guys that were coming down off heroin. I mean, some of the craziest screaming you'd ever hear in your life. Like uh, people that are detoxing there. When I was in the holding cell. The screaming and everything, it, it just changes you. But uh, you just realize everyone's human. You know, they're just trying to hustle. 
And, um, you know, the reason why I bring that up is because I'm actually going to go hang out this weekend with my family, uh, with, with uh, Kendra Lust, um, uh, who's a huge fan of mine, but uh, wanted me to come out, hang out, wanted to see the belt and stuff. And, uh, you know, she's in the adult entertainment. But at the end of the day, she's human, you know. She wants to, uh, you know, promote herself, make money, hustle, you know, look at different revenues, look at different um, channels to promote herself. So you realize, like, everyone's human, man. You don't have to sit there and look at someone and say, oh, he's a fighter. He must be fucking crazy. Oh, she's in adult entertainment. She must just be about all that stuff. You realize, like, they have personalities. And that's what I want to start streaming and, and, and broadcasting through these channels is letting everyone know that we're humans, you know. We're, we're – you could do whatever you want to do just like I did, you know, as long as you put the hard work into it and just take advantage of every opportunity that door opens. Is your wife coming with you? Yeah, my wife and my kids. So oh, she's good. A huge <laughs> yeah. Oh, because uh, I was going to say, you might want to come before you clear that with your wife. I'm like, hey, babe, I'm going to go uh, hang out with Kendra Lust. Uh, but don't worry, yeah. uh, she's a human. Uh, yeah. I think I might yeah. not go over that well. Well, at first, you know, when I first met her, like, that was the, that was the, the stigma, right? She was like, well, you know, you're going to go meet who? And I'm like, hey, like, I don't know. Look, at like, I want to meet people and, and, and figure out who they are as yeah. people. You know, I'm not, I don't have a direction that I'm going with this. I just want to, you know, there's different people all over the world I like to meet. Right. And uh, so taking this advantage, that opportunity that time and her not being, like, super protective of her husband and, and just shutting it down and saying no we actually all became great friends, you know, we're, uh, like you know, on, on, on a family level, like, man, we're, we're super good friends now. She thrives and like, she gets just to stick to her stomach as my wife does. And my mom does as watching me fight. So it's cool well, to see, right, you know, you, gonna, we're going to come with you. Um, yeah. Next time, next time she's out in California, we'll, we'll all shoot some shit together. How about that? Amazing. We'll set it up. Me and Kendra yeah. will start, and then we'll just wait for you to come after. I'm not, I'm not following you in that fucking. But uh, <laughs> I'm gonna ask you, like, you, you said the next fight is tennis. That's that's what we're planning on right now. That's what I'm trying to book, get booked in. It's not it's not official yet, but um, right now that's what I'm I'm trying to shoot for. Is uh, I think he's the most deserving in the weight class. We just signed some great Bellator bangers, but he's the only one so far that hasn't had a shot at the Bellator title. And uh, besides Horiguchi, I mean, if Horiguchi's ready and he's willing to step up uh, and take the fight right away, like he deserves the fight because he relinquished the title. But Pettis is obviously a great fight matchup as well. Who's the guy that knocked out Horiguchi? Asakura, which I'm down to fight too. Uh, I, I get through this first one though. First things first is, is my next title fight. Defending this, because that's what makes you a true champ. Then you could talk revenues of uh, different titles and, and risen and putting my belt up for someone else's belt. Because right now I'm just a champ. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the defending champ. So. Right. You want to be able to defend it and then say, all right, motherfuckers, who's next? What belt am I taking next? Well, Juan, thank you so much for taking the time to be on our podcast. Uh, hey, man, it was one of the – since I watched – you know, you have the, the footage on YouTube. I, you, yeah. you, I've been doing this with Adam for a while, off and on, and yeah. just one of the coolest motherfuckers I've met. And I'm just saying that flat out, you young man, because I'm, I'm old. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> you did your thing, man. I appreciate it. Hey, and I, I do want to give a public apology to you guys. Uh, I went elk hunting last week. Don't worry about and, it. And, uh, dude, I came close from killing. I was like, cool, but I missed it. And then I was like, I ended up being out in, like, in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, fuck, I got to get to some uh, some service and let you guys know I wasn't able to make it. So I want to publicly apologize for standing you guys up. That's not like me. And I truly I'm, I'm it's, sincerely it's apologize. No, no need yeah. to apologize. Thank you so much. Right. Well, I want to. So, yeah, thank you guys Good for having man. me on and uh, giving me a, another shot at coming on with you guys.
Absolutely. Take care, man. All right, guys. Have a good one. Peace. That was Juan Archuleta. Nice guy, huh? Great yeah, dude. And, and he's a beast and he's focused, man. I think that that's going to be a good fight. Once they, like, sign that one up, Wayne, you got to admit, those two, that would be a fight. Fantastic, dude. Fantastic. Like, it's like that would be a great fight to fucking watch, man. I didn't you know? even realize Iron Mike had uh, Iron Mike, his, his name carved in his jail cell. Yeah. Oh, no, they said that. Oh, no, it was like the movie. Uh, I forget there was a movie Denzel did. They said that people were like wanted to test him, but then they would see him and go, maybe not. Like I, I heard the first day, like the toughest dude tested him. Tyson knocked him out cold, and that was it. That's what I heard. I mean, that's kind of like an urban legend, but I could see that happening. Oh, right? I can see that. Yeah, no, no. I, Tyson is from the same, you know, he's from Brownsville. And I'm telling you right now, that everybody knew stories of him breaking in motherfuckers' houses and then walk up and look at you and say, what you going to do? Like, hey, man, these shoes look better on you than me. Here. Did like, you grow up, were you the same year? Were you like around the same time he grew up? In uh, a little bit, a uh, little bit before. Did you did you see him like uh, around town? I didn't see him until after I had started doing comedy, and then I start I talked to him about it, and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you you weren't that far away from me. You weren't that far away from me." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm glad you didn't do no shit to me." And he's like, <laughs> "I feel good. I feel good." And he started laughing. And I was like, hey, "Man, that shit ain't funny." <laughs> <laughs> like he like he has that helter skelter look in his eyes like I mean I might get the punt in you. Like yeah. he really he really does. And I watched the footage that remember you said, Oh, there's some footage of him. I went and looked for it after Adam told me. I was like, Oh my god, dude. He looks like he could really fuck up younger people easily. Now this is what I heard. I heard Roy Jones is backing out of the fight because he didn't realize how in shape Tyson was. And he's like, what did I get myself into? And I heard, he, I heard he's going to back out. I heard Shannon Briggs wants to step in. Um, what? Yeah. That, <laughs> Shannon Briggs has been tweeting left and right. That he, and on Instagram, he wants to step in for Roy Jones if Jones backs out. But uh, I mean, Jones, I mean, you get to a point, it's like, yo, man, I got money. Because Jones got money. I checked. He got, he got loot. So it's not like he's broke. So why would you get your face caved in when you're not – for what? I, I mean, that's a, is a better fight with Shannon Briggs versus Tyson? No. You think, you think Jones is a better fight? Jones is a better fight. He's, even though he's older, even I watched some of his, his the footage, even though he's older, he still has, is elusive. And, but if you see Shannon Briggs, he's fucking huge also. I don't know what kind of horse tranquilizer he's on, but he's fucking... <laughs> like, yeah, but if you ever see him go... <laughs> yeah, you already know. No, I'm serious. I saw the picture of him and went, oh, come on, man. Yeah, that's all natural. Get the fuck out of here. Well, that, I think that's why it's an exhibition, because there's no way he would pass a drug test. Like, they, it's got, that's why it's an exhibition. Like, yeah. there's no way. I think Tyson, too. I mean, there's no I'm way. I'm saying Tyson. Tyson is not going to pass any kind of test. No. Um, <laughs> you said any test. Let, not even a fucking spelling test. Not even a road test. Like, like drive there. He'll, be, he'll get popped. Uh, but I can't wait. Window, what are you thinking about right now? I'm thinking... I honestly don't really know who Shannon Briggs is. Yeah, I'll hear to be you. honest, I'm not. I'm not. I didn't grow up watching boxing at all, but I'm rooting for Mike Tyson. I enjoy watching his Instagram videos. He's still a terrifying man, so I'm gonna root for him. Uh, you know, whoever he fights, I'm gonna be rooting for Mike Tyson. If Shannon Briggs is a monster. He's still a monster, though. If you want to see the, one of the best boxing matches you'll see in the last ten years, you gotta put, go on ESPN. If you have ESPN Plus. There was a fight last Saturday. 
that was Zapata versus Baranchik. Yes. There was seven, there was eight knockdowns in like five rounds. They just kept getting up and knocking the other person down. And then he, and they were like number one and two in the world. It wasn't like two bums. It wasn't like, you know, bum fights. I mean, it was unbelievable. They're, like, it, they just, it was like a Rocky movie. It was exactly like a Rocky movie. Uh, it's on ESPN Plus, and uh, I couldn't believe it. I'm, I'm like, I saw a recap of it, but I didn't see the fight. They, everybody online was like, oh, my God, what the fuck was that? They just kept getting up and hitting each other, and they would go down. It was like, it was insane. And you know what? It, it, when you look at the UFC, like Frankie Edgar has fights like that where he'll get knocked all over the ring, I mean, over the octagon, He'll get knocked around, and he still just gets up and has yeah. something. Yes, but the ref would have stopped it after the first knockdown in this case. Like, like that's the thing. The reason why boxers take more damage than MMA fighters, and people go, well, MMA fighters have smaller gloves. Yes, true. Okay, but then you could say, well, smaller gloves so you don't hit as hard because you could break your hand. But not, not, forget about that. It's Number one, it's 12 rounds or 10, 8, 10, or 12 rounds versus three rounds. Number two, it's all punches, and most of them to the head, whereas, you know, leg kicks and ankle locks and, you know, submissions and rear naked chokes and arm bars, well, they hurt. They don't do brain damage. But also, you get 10 seconds to recover. So you have six or seven knockdowns with 10 seconds each time, whereas right. MMA, there's no 10 seconds to recover. So that's why boxers will take more damage. Now, if you ever walk into an old boxing gym, it, I hate to say it, but man, you see some of these like this guy was a world champion. He's like drooling all over himself, and you're just like, uh, like right. if you want to be, if you want to get sad, go to an old box. And, and I'm not, I, I love. If you want to get sad, Wayne? I love boxing. Like you need to get sad. But you man, sometimes you're like, oh my god, you're like this dude had, had took way too many punches. Um, yeah, but you know what? That's why I was watching the thing they, they online where they were talking about MMA versus boxers. And they, they said the average good boxer would give, if they were just hands, would give most MMA fighters problems. All of them. All of them. Yeah. And, I mean, like the average guy. And But, again, they're like, dude, I take hits to the head every fucking day. Like, but, you're not going to, you know, if you can only hands, I mean, They just, they put the, they, they do it five days a week. That's all they do. They've been doing it, like, their whole lives. And it, they, they spar 300 rounds before a fucking fight. It's just, it's just a different sport. It, like, the average boxer would fucking destroy an MMA guy in boxing. Uh, not an average, a, the good boxer. Uh, but in a fight, the average MMA guy. I mean, you, you, I would say, like, the 50th rank MMA guy in the UFC would, would beat Mayweather in, in one round because he would just take him down and choke him out. Or he, about heel hook. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But I, I just think that I, even when Connor fought McGregor, I mean, when, when McGregor fought Floyd, I, I was sitting there going, does he realize that Floyd is going to eventually take him out? I, I'm telling you, it was like they gave all his props and saw Brendan Schaub just ride his dick and saying, oh, but McGregor did so great. I'm like, Floyd carried that motherfucker for a oh, while. Yeah. But yeah, he made him look. But good. they made a lot of money. I heard they made like hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, Shane, what do you got coming up? Um, no, man. I, this week I'm good. I'm just doing. Uh, I got a couple interviews over in for London. I'm getting paid for, which is nice. Uh, London and Africa. 
of all places. Some people over in Africa, we love your, we love your company. We saw oh, I did that show, the South Africa show. Yes, yeah, so well, we love your company. We come to see what you. So yeah. I'm doing that. I'm doing that, and then uh, after that, I'm going to start hitting the, hitting the stage again. I don't. I've been doing so many Zoom shows. I'm I'm ready, and plus I wrote a lot of material, but. I just, man, it's fucking gonna be weird um, going back on the road. It's the best, dude. It's the it's the best. The only bad thing about because I, I did Minnesota last week. Right, I saw the photo. The yeah. only rough thing is that some of the crowds, because like they're not even they're not even promoting it because they don't want to get shut down. So some of the some of the shows have like you know like let's say 30, 50 people, and a room that holds two hundred, and they space them the fuck out. So like you can't see anybody they're all the way in the back so a lot a lot of the people which is like hard as a comic because it's like they were all together you'd be like oh this is great but you're all you're like looking like wow so that's something but it's still better than a zoom show i'll take that over any zoom show in the world um really? oh my god dude i was i i loved it so much and you look down people, people are crying laughing and they're having so much fun and they're thanking you and they're going this was the best and then you're like, man, this is what I was born to do. I was born to do this. Like, how many jobs do you have? People thank you afterwards. And people tell me, hey, I had the worst day ever. I was blah, blah, blah. I've been laughing for three days. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Right. You know, like, I mean, the guys who give out parking tickets don't get that at their job. Uh, so. Yeah, like, thank you, thank you. <laughs> like, exactly. No, if anything, it's like, I want to beat your ass. Bro. Yeah, I mean, seriously. But, no, comedy, I think for me, because you know how long I've been doing it, too, is just, um, I, I know you said it. Like I told my friends that this is from Adam. It's like a superpower. And I, I, I was like, yes, it is. Because I did a rooftop show in Hollywood. And uh, it was like 200 bucks. I'm like, fuck it, I'm with it. And uh, I went and did it. And I only did like 15 minutes. But I was like, fuck, I missed that. Because you actually see people laughing. Now, of course, they were like 15 feet away from me. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that, I was like, yo, man. And people are like, man, I needed this fucking laugh, man. This shit been wearing me out. Yeah, and, um, yeah because yeah. And also, not to mention, like, the way this is going, it's like, we are almost like the last modicum of free speech. You got oh, so many people get censored, that they, they, they can't say what they want, they get canceled, everyone's trying to tell you, like, I mean, how many people, like, even that celebrity video of, like, go out and vote they made yesterday, but like all these celebrities got they're naked. all naked oh my so god like and like the, the comments on the video were the hilarious like the the video i mean I, look, I love chris rock my favorite special of all time to this day is bring the pain i don't think there will ever be a better comedy special against anybody special and and you know and amy schumer and this one and sarah silverman everyone's name but it's just people preaching i think that's what people people don't want to be lectured oh yeah no i i I did, when I did this set, I did like two minutes on how masturbating in the quarantine. And uh, and it was funny. Some dude's like, dude, I've done that. And it was hilarious. Like, they're like, I don't think you want to get too point of view or political or preachy. I think you got to really just have them escape for a fucking minute. Okay, yeah. Yeah, escape. So I said, yeah, I'm just going to do some weird, goofy jokes. And I did stuff about being quarantined with your kid. And, you know, it's like, ugh. You know, it's just, uh, I love him, but fuck, I want to smother him with a pillow. Um, well, I'm, I'm pretty political on stage, but I'm, well, sometimes, but I, but I hit both Biden and Trump. I think that. I, no, I, I hit Biden. I, I, I think it, a I lot of comics, they that. go, I think a lot of comics, they just go hit one side. And you have to realize, unless that's your audience, where you know 
look, it, like, you know, when you're seeing this comic, you're going to get, you, you know, when you, we go see Bill Maher, what Bill, you know, with the, the, the uh, slant. But I think a lot of comics have to realize that not everyone is a hardcore liberal. And, you know, at the same time, not everyone's a complete right, you know? So if right. you hit both of them, I think people will appreciate it. People will, oh, I think yeah, I'm, no, no. I'm both sides. People get mad. I did a joke about Biden. I call it Uncle Fuddy Duddy. Because he's just, he just reminds me of old Uncle Fuddy Duddy. And uh, this is the deal. I mean, I constantly, this is the deal shit, he says. So I had here's some. Here's the deal, that, man. Yeah, here's the deal, man. You're right. <laughs> and I, I had some Democrats come over. So which side are you on? I'm on my fucking side. On Shut up. Get away from me. I'm on the funny side. Yeah, yeah. How about that? How about, did you have a good time? Yeah, well, you were funny, but I didn't like that one joke about, you know, Biden. I went, okay, well, good for you, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, you know, six feet, six feet. You understand? Six feet. Well, that's what, I, that's what I realize now is that people in the quarantine that come out to see comedy, they're not getting offended. They're having fun. Like, they're, they're not. Fun. Right, right. I mean, that rooftop gig was, I was surprised how many people showed up. And this dude was charging like $25 a ticket. Yeah. He had like 60 people. It was about 60 people. And I was like, and people were like, man, I was like, they were asking me, you have any merch? I didn't bring any merch because I thought I don't want to get. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't sell any merch on the road. I mean, I'm losing money, but I'm not coming home with COVID because I made an extra couple hundred dollars on t-shirts. It's you know? not worth it. Right. And yeah. people were asking me, I said, just go to my website. Like, and then my, the promoter was like, Rallo was like, Hey man, uh, you didn't really talk to the people. I said, are you serious? This is not normal. No, I had, I had friends come out or people that knew me come out. Fighters came out. And they were like, hey, I wanted you to say, say hi afterwards. And I'm like, sorry, I promised my wife I wouldn't. Like, I can't be taking pictures of people. You have two things. You have wife and baby. Yeah. It's, 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 too, it's a whole different ballgame. I try to explain to some people, if you have a kid, that's the, that would be the worst to no. come back. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And Godfrey, Godfrey told me, he said that people were mad at him because he didn't do meet and greets. He's like, what is wrong with people? Like, I gave you a full show. You had a great time. I can't meet and greet with you now. After this shit's over, yeah, we'll meet and greet. The guy that we played about the fight we get, that we got into uh, at Westwood Bruco. This is, this is, this is oh, like, yes. Yeah. This is the last story. So, Godfrey, uh, I opened up the Westwood Brewing Company, which, by the way, was, was, mentioned, by the way, was mentioned on the infamous – Whitney Cummings, Brian Callen whipped out his dick in front of Whitney Cummings. I go, yeah, Adam Hunter's show. I'm like, I'm like great. This is my credit now. <laughs> I saw that. I saw it. When I, they saw, it. I, I, I was like, hey, you've, you've seen him on uh, uh, Brian Callen's Me Too video. Uh, so, anyway, But it was one of those things where, um, so I, I ran this room because I came out to LA, uh, did comedy for nine years. And in New York, you do comedy every night, three times a night. I would, yeah, I did seven shows in one night there. Then you come out to LA, and I'm like booked at the at like for five minutes. I'm doing a, a laundromat, and that's like a good spot, and like no fucking spot. So I'm like, my comedy career is over. I got it. So I walked around UCLA. I, I pretended that I actually had. I found the room, and I basically sold tickets to a show that didn't exist. Uh, to this room, I'm like, yeah, comics from this one and that one and Chris Rock and they're all going to be there. Like I, it was just me, right? It was me and a bunch of, and before I knew it, I had the number one show like in California. I had, you know, Chelsea Handler would come down and the Wayans brothers and you and Brian Cook. And it was just a fucking, cause I knew that if I got hot sorority girls and I got, I got hot college girls, the guys would come. And I went to every sorority house. They had dinners where anyone could make an announcement. 
you go there, even if you didn't go to the school, which is crazy. Because on Monday nights, they all got like dressed up formal and they'd be like, announcements. And people were like, hey, my, my, my college bands. And I'm like, hey, and I didn't even, I, I was 28 years old. But I'm like, hey, blah, blah. and then a lot of them were mad because they couldn't eat till the announcement was done. But all, there were only whole, whole, held 40 people. And they were like, one time I came there, the girls had like a super soaker headed towards me. I even brought Theo Vaughn because he was on road rules at the time as like street cred. And, but they were kind of rude, some of these girls. So I, I ended up banging a couple of the sorority girls, which was great because I was like, aha, winner. Anyway, <laughs> uh, long, story, long story short, what was it? Why did I bring this up? Oh, Godfrey. So Godfrey would, would go down there and he was like, he was in a, a bad place in, like mentally because uh, well, he, he, he thought those college kids, they didn't deserve because it was a free show and he would get heckled and he was like, these guys don't deserve my comedy. And then they didn't. Godfrey was awesome. But he was like, his mom just passed away. So he goes down there, and at the time, I, I took Godfrey to go to Freddie Roach's gym and boxing and this and that. So he's on stage, and he's, like, making fun of the crowd. And he's doing well. And he goes, man, who would fuck this kid, this nerdy kid? And, and it, the kid and his friends, the kid goes, your mother. It was like a frat guy. Godfrey put the mic down, ran into the crowd to fucking – he was like, that was not what you wanted. And just – I think he took a jujitsu class. He started, like, real naked choking some kid, like, basically on the ground. That's not what you want to do in a fight because – all his friends were there. Luckily, he picked kids that didn't know how to fight, but they were like trying to punch Godfrey while he's choking a kid out. And I'm running the room. So I'm just taking kids and throwing them off Godfrey. Like one by one, throwing them. Like a party wanted to start cracking kids, but it was Godfrey's fault for fucking fighting the kid. And also, I still have a room to run. It's like the hottest room. So I'm throwing kids off Godfrey. It's me and Godfrey versus like five kids. Like just fucking tables get turned, all kinds of chaos. Then, then like the police come, uh, and we told the police that they attacked Godfrey because he was black, and they actually like <laughs> believed us. They like apologized. to like, "We're sorry, sir. Do you want to press charges to Godfrey?" <laughs> so like, I choked a kid out. I'm good. Yeah, it was basically Godfrey, and then we kept the show going. We actually had more comics go on. Oh jeez, yeah. I know. I went up. I went my up. cats are fighting right now, basically, based on the story. Anyway, yeah. So this is. No, I did that room. That was a great room. I did it like maybe three times. Yeah. Like three times, but I was I flew back to New York and then I came back out, and that was the one of the first shows I had did out out here. Oh yeah, no, we had like. That was actually out. great, but I had a good spot though. I had I had a. I had a, you know, when you go really late, it's not as many people. I had yeah. a great spot, so I was yeah, like, no, I would always put like the good comics, the good spots. We had Jeff Ross came on, and Greg Fitzsimmons, and Whitney Cummings, and isn't you know. that weird how all of those comics now have like sexual allegations? <laughs> no, yeah. and, like oh, weird, no. oh no, I think that I think I think during the I think that all right now during the pandemic, and I'm not saying they're guilty or whatever, but I think that some of them it just seems like all right, you know, like with Dalia, if it was one girl or two girls, when you have like, you know, 87 girls say the same thing, things are, you know, little flags come out. But I think the pandemic has slowed people down and you're not in the race all day long. You're not a fucking ant marching. And I think people have to time to reflect on, man, Ellen really is a bitch, you know? Uh, and people start to start like processing right. things that, that would normally kind of, and this is not right. Think about it. Dalia, Brian Callen got uh, accused. Uh, Jeff Ross. It just seemed like, and, and people were like, so all, or all, all your friends, a friend of mine, she said, so all your friends fucking weird, you know, sexual predators. I went, no, they never acted that way. Well, you know, Louis C.K. I'm like, yeah, but he never put his dick out around me. I don't, 
Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like, I, that wasn't, I never saw that. I never saw that with Dalia. Now, Dalia acted like a pre-prima donna sometimes, but he didn't act like that around me. But then I saw him at the Laugh Factory once with a bunch of girls. I thought, damn, she looks super young. And then another comic was, oh, it was Alonzo Bowden. He said, I think that those are fucking teenagers. And I was like, <laughs> no, I was like, I don't know, man. She got big titties. He said, that doesn't matter. <laughs> I was like, wow. So yeah, look at, think about it. And you're, and it's weird. Adam had me, got me on the Playboy fucking channel. Yeah. Married with a daughter. Well, I, <laughs> listen, I think that if, if you don't deal with your issues, whether they're like, you know, like, like people say, like when you have money and fame, if you have problems, you're still going to have those problems. But now it's easier access to those problems. If you have a drug problem and then you get famous and, and, and rich, now you could just buy more fucking drugs. You know, the, the, the problem doesn't go away. It, it, it just like, stays with you, you're right. You have a problem right. with like, you have some kind of a fetish with fucking underage kids and you're fucking creepy and a pedophile and now all of a sudden you're famous and it's easier to have access to that. It's gonna be fucking worse, you know? So, like, so what you're saying is if when, when Ween blows up beyond belief, it's going to get much darker. I, he, I don't think, no, I'm not saying that. I think that you I have, think will. I think Ween is going to be like, yeah, I got this new uh, video called Gun to the Pussy. Uh, so. Oh, my God. When I get famous and I, when I run for president, the New York, New York Times is going to listen to every single episode of M.A. Roasted, and they're going to have a plethora of stuff, of dirt on me, and it's going to be horrific. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, really? Uh, really, Joe? But let's bring up this other thing, and then they're going to show all this video, and you're like, Oh shit! I did say that. Oh, did you? You allegedly said that you uh, put a gun inside of a woman's vagina when you were 18 years old. I'm be like, Wait, did you do I that? Gotta, I just gotta stick with Wait, it. I thought, I thought you put it to her head. Whatever it is, yeah, they're gonna. Well, you know, they'll, they'll twist you said, it but around. You said it was empty and like she was into it, right? Yeah, of course. That's the real story. But you know, they're gonna spin it and say I, you know, finger blasted her with a gun or a shotgun, whatever. They're gonna make it horrific. I think the real story is you know. pretty bad too, though. It's a problem. Yeah, yeah. I think it's not much of a spin. <laughs> <laughs> Just spin. Gun to the pussy. Ah, all right, let's go with it. It was to the head. Come on. Ooh. Okay, to the head, to the pussy. <laughs> all right, well, bad, man. All right, well, that's our podcast. Listen, people, uh, you guys are awesome. Shang, uh, are the best. Linda, get the best. Have a great weekend. Have a good weekend, man. Take care. Love you guys.